Here is a sermon that was preached by Pastor Ballon in one of the Sunday morning services. This morning, I would like to share with you mostly from the book of Exodus and from the book of Deuteronomy. I would like to title my message, Mount Horeb, a place of change. I don't think anyone would have called this mound as a place of change, but then as I was going through the scriptures, this is what is my understanding, as scripture says, Mount Horeb was a place of change, especially in the life of Moses, and in the life of children of Israel, and also in the life of Elijah the prophet. Let's turn our Bibles to Exodus chapter 3. I would like to read from Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. Exodus chapter 3, <clears throat> verse 1. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a, flaming, in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside and to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Verse 6, moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, from he was, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt, and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. Verse 8, so I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up from the land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hevites and the Jebusites. Verse 9, Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression of which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. We are talking about Mount Horeb being the mountain of God and the place where great changes took place. And as we read from Exodus chapter 3, the kind of great transition that is about to take place in the life of Moses. You know, at times I believe God brings us to the mountain of, or the Mount of Horeb because God believes that it is time for change in our lives. You know, we heard the song, it goes that it is time that Jesus has come. It is time that in some of our lives that God is about to do some changes and God is about to bring some changes. And I believe that it is, it is about to happen in my life. And I believe that it is about to happen in the life of this church too. God is a God. He brings changes in our lives. In Horeb, the Hebrew word, the meaning of the Hebrew word it simply means it's a dry place. It is a desolate place. Nothing good can come out of that place. It is totally dried up and it is ruined and everywhere it is waste. 
Because Mount Horeb was a very dry, thick mountain. You know, such a dry place, from such a dry place, God is about to bring change in the life of someone and he is going to be a deliverer of the children of Israel. God, as we read, God met Moses in the burning bush. You know, Moses came not so expected. You can imagine how Moses was drawn to the Mount Horeb. You know, he was, he was just a, a man who was going behind the sheep. Moses, the first 40 years, he had a very good life in the palace. He became an expert in various things, in technology and in astronomy and in all the, all the Egyptian you know, traditions, he became a great expert in those areas. And even he learned to, you know, learn to kill somebody. He knew even how to kill someone, right? So he became an expert in every situation, in every aspect. And, and Pharaoh had a great plan about Moses. He wanted to lift him up in, 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 his, in his government. But you know, more than that, God had such a great plan. And what was the plan of God? Moses was driven into the wilderness. And the man who was sitting in the palace, now he is sitting in the wilderness. And he was, he, he was behind the sheep of his father-in-law, Jethro. And think about a man who was, you know, who was well educated in the palace of Pharaoh, but now he became a, he became a shepherd and going behind the sheep and he almost, you know, lost all his abilities. You know, since the time I left my job, uh, it's now three plus years, you know, I'm no more an expert in those areas. But when I was in my job, I was considered an expert. You know, one year later, someone approached me for my new resume, <laughs> thinking that I'm still available in the market. And I said, I'm one year old now. I'm really not good for anything. And then they realized, yeah, the within one year, the technology has improved so much. There is so much of transition. You know, I cannot really catch up, go and catch up, which I don't want to do either. But you know what? Moses, 40 long years, he was in the wilderness. And you can imagine, he even lost his ability to speak. Because there is no one in the wilderness to speak, only the sheep. And all that probably he could speak is just ba ba, maybe like that, the way the sheep speaks. You know, that's how he used to communicate with the sheep, maybe. Nothing else he knew. He lost all his abilities. He is now 80. At the age of 80, Moses came to Mount Horeb, tending his flocks of his father-in-law. And God met Moses in the burning bush. God met Moses in the burning bush. Not only that, later on in his lifetime, God made him to fast. Not one day, three days, seven days, 14 days, but God made him to fast 40 long days. Not Daniel fast, not Ezra fast, not Esther fast, not, not even, the, not even you know, whatever kind of fasting that we do today. It was total fast, day and night, Moses was fasting in 40 days in Mount Horeb. Moses received the law, the commandment of God in Mount Horeb. Moses struck the rock and water gushed out of the rock that happened in Mount Horeb. Elijah was fasting for 40 days and he reached Mount Horeb and there he was hiding himself in a cave that happened in Mount Horeb. Children of Israel, even they made a golden altar and they worshipped the idol that even happened in Mount Horeb. And this morning, that's my prayer, Lord. How do we understand that Mount Horeb is a place of transition? Great changes are taking place in Mount Horeb. And that's my prayer that God may help us to understand this morning. God is changing the life of Moses in Mount Horeb as we read there. Moses would have never seen such a burning bush in his lifetime. 
he has seen forest fire, wildfires, but he has seen this burning bush, bush, the bush is burning, but it is not consumed. It keeps burning, it keeps burning, you know. The Christmas time we, we uh, light uh, candles in the, in the windows, right? I mean, that has a different tradition altogether. So we put candles in the, we, uh, we put, people put candles in the, in, in, the, in the windows. And we think that the candle will, 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 will get consumed. But it never gets consumed because they are not made of wax. They are just electricity, right? They, they lit light with electricity. We saw the burning bush. Moses saw the burning bush. It's burning, but it is not consumed. And he also heard a voice. God speaking to him, telling him, Moses, Take off your sandals. Take off your sandals. You know, that speaks to me so much today, this morning, as we, as we meditate on these scriptures. Moses, it is time for you to realize that I am a holy God. Moses was with the wilderness. Moses, was, Moses lost touch with God Almighty. But now God is drawing Moses closer to him by showing that burning bush. Probably otherwise he would have never realized that it is God. God just showed that vision, or not a vision, it's, it's a real thing which is happening there, just simply to gain his attention. And now Moses came to him and Moses realized that it is God. And God told him, Moses, the first change I want to bring in your life is to take off your sandals. You know, that God tells even at times to us, my son, my daughter, I called you to walk with me. But the first thing that I'm trying to bring in your life is holiness. You know, today we, we seldom find holiness in the church of God. Seldom we find holiness in, in this world. But God Almighty expects us to live holy. And he says, the ground you are standing today is holy ground. Take off your sandals. You know, Moses, I believe never would have thought of his own people. He thought of his people when he was in the palace. When one Hebrew was killed by an Egyptian, Moses went and killed that Egyptian. He was so concerned about his own people. But during this 40 years, he lost and he did not have any concern over his people. But God is about to bring a change in his life and God is telling Moses, I am worried about my people. Who is Moses that God should come and tell Moses that I am worried about my people? Probably he would have gone to somebody else who is already going through the difficult moment in Egypt and told that you are the one who, are, who is about to bring the people of Israel out of Egypt. God did not say that. God found somebody who was roaming in the wilderness and God brought him and gained his, his attention and now God is telling him, Moses, I am so concerned about my people, your people, who are perishing, who are oppressed by the enemy in Egypt. Moses was totally out of context. He would have asked, Lord, Lord, who are, whom you are talking about, Lord? Who is my people? I don't have anybody in my life, Lord. Who is my people? And God would have told him, my people, I have chosen the chosen people. The cho they are just chosen for me in order to worship me. They belong to me, but they are oppressed. They are living in oppression. And Lord, what do I do? What do I do? And God is about to tell him, Moses, you are the one you are going to go to Egypt and to Pharaoh in order to release my people. Moses is asking, who am I, Lord? Who am I, Lord? God is telling him, Moses, it is time to change even your thinking. You think that you are nothing. You think that who you are, but I'm telling you, it is time for you to change your thinking. Just do not think about what you have, but think about the one who called me. And later on, as we know, God is telling him, 
I am the God I am sending you. The God of Israel. The God of Jacob. Just go and tell Pharaoh, I am who I am. You know, this morning, God wants to bring that change in our lives. So that we will not think about who we are, but instead we will start thinking about who my God is. And that's what God expects to happen in our lives. It is time to come out of your 40 long years of wilderness. So that I may effectively use you by sending you to Pharaoh. And you will deliver my own people. As Moses drew near the Mount of Horeb, Horeb, he realized that it is no more he, it is God. It is no more his past experience. It is no more his lost abilities. It is God who is about to bring the change in his life and God is about to use him. Moses was used by God just simply because he was willing to go. He was willing to obey God's voice. He went to the, he went to the Pharaoh and he brought children of Israel out of Egypt. It was not so easy for him to do. God had to prove himself that he is God Almighty. He will do miracles through Moses. And Moses and Aaron were sent together to Pharaoh. And God performed great things there. And the children of Israel were brought out of Egypt. And as we quickly move to Exodus chapter 17. As they were walking in the wilderness. Something is happening as they are drawing closer to the same mountain. Where God appeared to Moses to Mount Horeb as they are coming closer. Let's turn to Exodus chapter 17. We are going to read a couple of verses. Then all the congregation of the children of Israel set out on their journey from the wilderness of sin according to the commandment of the Lord and camped in Rephidim. But there was no water for the people to drink. Exodus 17:2. Therefore the people contended with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. So Moses said to them, why do you contend with me? Why do you tempt the Lord? And the people thirsted there for water and the people complained against Moses and said, Why is it you have brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord saying, What shall I do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, Go on before the people and take with you some of the elders of Israel. Also take in your hand your rod with which you struck the river and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock in Horeb and you shall strike the rock and water will come out of it that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. You know, here we see Moses leading the children of Israel and as they came to Rephidim, there was no water for people to drink. And they started complaining against Moses and Moses cried unto the Lord, and God said, you go to Mount Horeb and I will stand there. I will be there. You know, the moment he told God, Moses would have realized the appearance of Lord God in Mount Horeb in the midst of burning bush. And Moses just went forward and God, as God commanded and Moses struck the mountain and we see river water coming out of the mountain. You know, this tells me again, the mount of change in our lives. You know, we are brought to such a level in our lives, even for water, we need to depend on God. Think about his past life. When Moses and children of Israel were in the wilderness, I, never, I, I don't believe that they, they, they ever cried to God for water. If they want water, just open the tap. If they want water, go and fetch water in the well. If they want water, they go and river, dip yourself in the river. 
There are so many beautiful rivers in Egypt, you know, they can go and dip themselves. Never they prayed for water. You know, some of our countries, I believe, <coughs> it is, you know, there were, we get water everywhere, but now if you want good water, you need to pay for it, right? You don't get good water without paying. In the same way, here we see, Moses couldn't get water unless he prayed for it. That tells me today, we need to go through a process of change in our lives, and the change is such that even for water, we need to pray. Moses was changed in his lifetime by God Almighty and he is brought to a point where all the crowd is looking at him for water and Moses had to cry out to God. Moses had to cry out to God. It is not time to fetch water from the well. It is not time to get water from the tap. But it is time to look into God even to drink water. Does it speak something to your life? Does it say something in your life? Think about our past life. The way God has brought us, the way God has changed. You know, we, some of us had a great past life. You know, if I go and ask you to tell you about your past, you will go on and on and tell stories. You know, if you ask, don't ask me, please. You know, if you ask me, I will go and tell. You know, one point of time, I remember in my workplace, I had 50 people working in my team and I had a secretary helping me in everything. But, you know, you can go on and on. You know, you, I'm sure all of you would have gone through that experience in your life. But now... God wants you to depend on him even for water. You know, I'm sure scripture says anybody who would like to walk godly, you will suffer. You will go through sufferings. You know, that's how God can mold us. That's how God, gets, God can make us and that can, that's how God is willing to use us in our, in, in our lives. Moses had everything in plenty, but now he's in the wilderness. Even for water, he has to look into God. What a change God is bringing in somebody's life. Will you, do you ever do that if God is not touching our lives? We don't want to do it. We want to live with our strength. We want to live with our abilities. We want to live with our wealth and our money. We don't want to look at God. But you know what? God doesn't allow us. God doesn't work that way. He brings us to a point where even for water, we need to ask God. We need to wait for his hands to be opened. Everybody, think about anyone, Elijah, every day morning he has to wait for when the crow will come, right? When the crow will, if crow doesn't come, he is starving in that day. God brings every one of us to a point where we need to kneel down before God in total surrender and ask God, Lord, please open your hands. Otherwise, I'm not fit today. God brought Moses such a change in his life. And here Moses, standing in front of the crowd and striking the rock, and we see water gushing out of the rock. And people were blessed on that day. You know, our life is changed at times. Even when we go through dry places in our lives. You know, God is able, when we are willing for the change, God can even make dry places into a fountain of water. God brings blessing from the place that we never experienced, we never enjoyed, we never expected. And God brings such a blessings in our lives. As long as we are willing Allowing God to change our lives. Let's take it further. As we turn, as you can turn with me to Exodus chapter 5. We, see, we are seeing the kind of changes that God Almighty is bringing in the life of Moses. It's amazing the way God works. Here we see God making a covenant with Moses and children of Israel. Let's read a couple of verses. Deuteronomy chapter 5. And Moses called all Israel and said to them, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and judgments which I speak in your hearing today. 
that you may learn them and be careful to observe them. Verse 2, Deuteronomy 5. The Lord our God made a covenant with us in Horeb. The Lord did not make this covenant with our fathers, but with us, those who are here today, all of us who are alive. The Lord talked with you face to face on the mountain from the midst of the fire. I stood between the Lord and you at that time to declare that to you the word of the Lord. For you were afraid because of the fire and you did not go up to the mountain, he said. And then he goes on and on and saying all the ten commandments that God has given to Moses and the children of Israel. And in verse 2 says, the Lord our God made a covenant with us in Horeb. You know, I want to you know, gain your attention to that point, God Almighty made a covenant with Moses. The covenant was established or the covenant was given by giving commandments to the children of Israel. You know, here I see the kind of change that God is bringing into the life of Moses is a change in relationship. Moses knew that he was God Almighty. He called him to do and go and do the ministry. But God is bringing Moses into a covenant relationship now. His earlier relationship was changing. Earlier he wanted to serve God. Now God is making a covenant relationship with Moses. And that covenant is established through the commandments that God is giving to the children of Israel. You know, there is a difference between covenant and commandments. Covenant means... It means it's something which is mutually agreed. Today you come into a covenant of wedding, for example, and you both make an agreement saying that I will be faithful to you as a husband and I will be faithful to you as a wife. And you make that covenant and you decide to stay together in the presence of God. Covenant is established between two parties who are agreed to exist, agreed to establish, agreed to agree together. And here we see God making a covenant with Moses. Once that covenant is made with Moses, Moses cannot escape. You know, that's the reason people are brought into the, friend of, in the presence of God as, 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 and made as husband and wife. Why? Because they cannot escape from each other easily. Covenant relationship is so strong. So strong, which is mutually agreed. And God is making such a change in life of Moses. Moses, it's not enough that you know me. It's not enough that you try to follow my commandments, but I want you to make a covenant relationship with God. I believe God is talking to you this morning. God wants to bring the change in your life, and God is asking you to make that covenant relationship with God. I don't know whether you made any covenant relationship with God, but try to make covenant relationship with God. God, I want to do this in my life, Lord. Because I know that you are faithful. And I believe that you will do this, Lord. It's not a condition that we are putting to God. Lord, if you do this, I will do this. It's not a condition. It is a mutual agreement saying that, Lord, I am committed to you. The same way you are committed to me. Because God is faithful. That's what scripture says in his, all his promises. If God is faithful, how much faithful we are. It's the only way to make sure that is coming into a covenant relationship with God. Lord, I know you will do it. But Lord, I will not do this. I or I will do this. Lord, I will not repeat this in my life. Just try to make that covenant relationship with God. You know, that's a strong relationship and God expects us to make that covenant relationship with him. And once we come into that covenant relationship, it's a huge change in our life. Moses was made to make that change in, our, in his life. He made a covenant relationship. Remember God made a covenant relationship with Adam? God told him, 
I will bless you in the Garden of Eden. And you can rejoice. You can enjoy. I will multiply you. I will do all these things. You know, that was a covenant from God. And God expects to Adam and Eve to make that covenant with him. But they broke the covenant in the Garden of Eden. Children of Israel, all along, God in every dispensation, at the end of every dispensation, God makes a covenant with them. And God expects them to follow the covenant. But in every dispensation, they broke the covenant. In the time of Noah, every time, in every period, in every dispensation. And that's the reason Jesus had to die at the cross to pay the penalty. Because we messed it up. We broke the covenant and Jesus paid the penalty at the cross. And God expects us to get into a covenant relationship with him. Moses received the tablets from the presence of God where ten commandments are written. Let's turn to Deuteronomy chapter 9. Let's see what's going on there. I would like to read only two scriptures there. Deuteronomy chapter 9. Remember, do not forget how you provoked the Lord, your God, to wrath in the wilderness. From the day that you departed from the land of Egypt until you came to this place, you have been rebellious against the Lord. God is telling children of Israel, from the day when you started from Egypt until this day, you are rebellious. You have been rebellious. You provoked me to anger. And now God says, now if you read further, Moses was sitting at the feet of God for 40 days and night without eating anything. And he received the commandment of God. As Moses was stepping down from Mount Sinai, Mount Horeb, it's most of the time it's one and the same. He came, he came down and he saw the children of God. They made a golden calf and they were all dancing before the golden calf. God told them, there is no other God besides me. You cannot worship any idol. God told them very clearly. But here we see they made a golden calf. They made an idol and they were worshipping that idol. And God was so upset. And more than God, Moses was so upset on the day. Moses came down with the two tablets in his hands where commandments are written down. And as soon as he heard the Lord telling them, go and see what's going on there. He came down and saw people are dancing, including Aaron. They were dancing in, 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 the, in, the, in, the, in front of the golden calf. And Moses, with all the disappointment that he had, he threw the tablets and he broke the tablets. And we know the story. They provoked Lord's anger. And look at the life of Moses. And I was thinking about some point of time, Moses killed an Egyptian, you remember? He knew how to kill people. But now, what is going on in his life? Moses' patience was getting tested there. And I believe it was a time for Moses to change. If he would have been an earlier Moses, he would have killed everybody, right? Because they are not worshipping God, they are worshipping idols. He would have killed everybody there. But Moses, once he killed an Egyptian, as he was fighting with the Hebrew, now Moses started interceding for his people. Moses is standing in the gap. And scripture says he left everything, he went back, Again, continued his fasting for another 40 days, crying and falling at the feet of God. Lord, do not destroy your people. Do not destroy your people. Even he came to an extent of asking God, Lord, you can blot my name out of the book of life. But do not destroy these people. Think about what a change God brought in the life of Moses. Horeb is a mountain of change. 
Once he was, a, he was a destroyer, but now he is an intercessor. Once he was a killer of people, but now he is an intercessor. God brought the change in his life and he asked him to stand in the gap for his own people. God brings changes in our lives. And at times those changes are tremendous that human cannot understand. And only changed people can be used by God. Moses was very effectively used by God until the end of his life. Let's for a change quickly look at another character from the word of God. Let's turn to 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings chapter 19. There God, the word of God talks about Elijah the prophet. We may not have time to read through these chapters, but then I can quickly go through the story. Elijah was used by God in a mighty way in Mount Carmel. He killed thousands of prophets of Baal and he brought fire from heaven to consume the sacrifices which were kept at the altar. Elijah was a great man of God. But when Jezebel, the, the, the queen or the wife of King Ahab, heard that that's what Moses did, sorry, Elijah did to the, to the prophets of Baal, he sent a message to Elijah saying that tomorrow at the same time, exactly that's what is going to happen to you. And Elijah was on run, on the run for, as he was afraid of Jezebel. And he ran, he came under a broom tree, and he sat on the broom tree, an angel of God came there and woke him up, saying that, Elijah, come on, what are you doing? <coughs> and Elijah was so hungry, angel fed him. And you know what he did? Elijah, as we do, most of us, right? So he ate the food, and he slept again, right? That's what we do, right, most of the time with our children. You go and give food, keep food at their table, thinking that they will get up and study. And you leave the food there. They leave the food and then continue their sleep. Exactly that they do what Elijah did, right? Good example. Elijah, he slept again. Again, what the angel of Lord, again he came and woke up. Elijah, he want to eat again, right? <laughs> Imagine. He ate second time. He ate second time. The only the sleep, he digested all the food. And then he ate for the second time again. Again, angel fed. And now, that food was more than sufficient for him to run for 40 long days. Elijah ran for 40 long days without stopping, without eating anything. And he reached exactly the same place, the mountain of change, Mount Horeb. And he went into the cave and he hid himself and again slept. He was a good prophet as well as a good sleeper. Right? He slept well, very well in the cave. He was sleeping there, maybe expecting angel to come and feed him again. But no, not this time. Not this time. Now God came and asked him, Elijah, the same question. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? And he said, <clears throat> on and on, the same story. Right? I did that and then you know, she was so upset with me. And Lord, you left me on the, in the dark and I couldn't move for that. I did not know why to, what to do. And then you know, I did not know what to do at that situation. Lord, I am so upset with you and all the story. Right? We, keep, we, keep, we, keep telling, we keep telling every time to, to the Lord, right? Whenever we kneel down and pray, that's what we keep telling the Lord. Lord, this is what I have gone through in my life. And Lord will say, come on, you stop. And I know everything that what you are going through in your life. And God listened to Elijah. And God was about to bring a change in his life. He was so discouraged and he was so upset because at times even he felt that the God's hand is taken out of his life. And Elijah was in need of a change. And I am so happy because Elijah was in the right place in the mount where changes take place. Elijah was in the right place. And God spoke to him. You come and stand. I will speak to you. And he came out and he said, there was a mighty wind and he thought God is going to be there in that mighty wind. God was not there. 
and there was a great earthquake and God was not there in the earthquake and there was a great fire and thundering. God was not there. But then he heard the feeble and gentle voice of God. And God told Elijah, Elijah, I have a great plan for you. You know, Elijah would have just laughed at God. Lord, you told me the same thing and you had a great plan and I, I remember doing the sacrifice and then you sent fire and I kill all the prophets and see what I'm going through now. Lord, your plan is enough. Just stop all your plan, Lord. You know, Elijah would have said that. But God said, no, 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 no. I have a still greater plan for you. He was so upset, but no, because he was in the right place. He got changed amazingly. And God put that vigor and zeal in his life. And scripture says in this very chapter, at the end of the chapter as we read, he went and anointed Hazael over the king of uh, king over Syria. He went and anointed Jehum as a king over Israel. And he went and anointed Elisha as a prophet for the children of God. You know, God can change anyone when they are brought into the right place. And as long as they are willing to change. Elijah was willing to change on that day and God changed him. And I believe it is time that God is about to do something in our lives. And this morning God speaks to us concerning bringing changes in our lives. And I believe it is the right place that we are in. It is the right time that we are in. God can do that change. God can bring that change in our lives. Moses' life got changed in Mount Horeb. As he saw the burning bush. And he was willing to change. God brought the change in his life. Moses' life got changed as children of Israel were crying out for water and God changed his life such an extent that even for water he had to depend on God. God changed the kind of relationship that he had with God Almighty. It was a relationship based on the commandments. It was a relationship based on what he saw, what he experienced. But now God brought a change in his life and that change was based on a covenant relationship that he made with God. And Moses was a murderer one day, but God changed, God made him as an intercessor and God made him to intercede for his people. He was a murderer, but he is no more a murderer. He is an intercessor standing and sitting at the feet of God and crying out for his own people. God brought that change. Elijah was a man who was totally disappointed and discouraged and God brought that change in his life. And God anointed him with the double portion of the anointing and he sent him to go and anoint a king over Syria, Israel and a prophet. And this morning I believe that God is speaking to us. The question that you and I need to ask, we need to be clear about is, what or where is our Mount Horeb? Where is our Mount Horeb? It may be a dirty place, it may be a very dry place, it may be a place of desolation, nothing may grow in that place, but you may you would get just fed up with everything that's going on in that place. But God is telling you this morning, that's what is the Mount of Horeb. It's not an easy place, it's not a very pleasant place, it is a place where nothing grows, nothing grows. It is a very dry place and that's the place that God has chosen to bring change in the life of Moses and I believe that God is walking us to a place in our lives which is called Mount Horeb. And it looks like a dirty place, but that's where God is about to bring changes in our lives. Horeb is a place of change. God, when God wants to change our lives, only one thing probably we need to be clever there to do is willing to change. Willing to change. We need to change. I need to change. All of us need to change. It doesn't matter whether we are 20 or 60 or 80. We need change. And God 
is about to bring that change in our lives. The kind of change that God is going to bring in our lives will eventually result in something good, something useful in the kingdom of God. It is going to result something which is beneficial for God, not only us, not only in this world. It is going to bring benefit in the eternity. And this morning God is speaking to you because he would like to bring that change in your life, in your family, and in the church. Eventually that will result in the society, in the community. When God brings such a change in a small community here, God can bring the change in the province. And God can bring such a change in the, in the government or in, the, in, the Canada, in Canada and the country as a whole. And God is depending on you and me. One Moses was able to bring such a great change in the kingdom of Pharaoh the, so that you know, Pharaoh could release all the people of God in the, into the wilderness. One Elijah could bring such a great change in the life of the children of God and he brought such a change and he anointed such a mighty people of God and he also anointed Elisha the prophet who became a mighty man of God just, just after Elijah. You know, God has so much in plan but the question that we need to ask, am I willing for change? Hope you are blessed by this teaching. Please write to Pastor Balan Swami Nathan at balan at hipm.org. God bless you.